Blog Talk Radio.
Father, we just thank you and we praise you, Lord God. We thank you for all of our challenges, all of the trials and tribulations and difficulties that we're going through because they do, they bring us low, Father. And and when we're brought low, we are strengthened through only you. When our presence, when our presence on this earth is is no longer has any meaning whatsoever, and the only thing that we desire is to be in your presence, it changes everything, and it's a good place for us to be. And we thank you, Father, for bringing us to that place. We we thank you as we continue in our journeys to be brought even lower. And it is a very difficult journey indeed. And we, but yet at the same time, our excitement of the days that we're in and, and where we're going ever grows. It grows more and more passionate as time goes by. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for a supernatural sense of peace, powerful peace to fall upon the family of Tom Horn. We understand that he's with you now. And I don't think there's a single person right now that's uh, that doesn't wish they were with him instead of here. But at the same time, we are still here, and whatever it is that we can do to be in to walk in lockstep with your harmony, we pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that we will be led by the Spirit and by your presence, by our own personal desire to walk in that harmony. We praise your name and we thank you, Father, for that supernatural, the, the grief that people feel when they lose loved ones on this earth that they're very dependent on, they're, they're dependent upon their attention and, and other things. Father, is very, it's a very awful thing to have to go through. And we just pray for your, your unmitigated peace, the absolute outpouring of peace that is beyond our comprehension. And we just ask you to pour it out on that entire family and anyone else that uh, Tom was close to. We just ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, to just let them feel. Let it be a tangible peace, not just something that's spoken of through the Scripture, but one that they can actually feel in their walk. And that there is just, it wraps them, Father, in a warmth and a... And, um, and and in just a godly light that we can't comprehend, but we can feel at times in our walk as well. We just pray this for his entire family in the name of Jesus, and we thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Dear Heavenly Father, we also pray in Jesus' name, and for those of us who are still here, that you will continue to pour out your blessing upon us. Father, we pray, O Lord, please, that you will hear our prayers and do not delay, as Daniel said in Daniel 9.19. We pray that you will find us and account us worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before you. As we watch in the, the intensities of the, well, the war dynamics unfold with people on edge all over, Really, on on a, and the only ones who really aren't on edge, it seems, are those who are unaware, which are plentiful. But for those of us who are aware, we probably are dealing with mixed emotions because you know just it's going to depend deeply upon who we are, where we are in our walk, where we're living, 
whether or not we're working, whether or not we're not working, whether or not we're in a country that's that's going to be affected by the things that are going to be happening across the world as a result of the dynamics that are unfolding, the war dynamics that are unfolding, particularly over in the Middle East and really all across Europe. And even more, we see the pending uh, war dynamics and pending uh, persecution dynamics that are imminently going to unfold here in the United States as well, um, especially because of the Antichrist and his plan uh, to continue to collapse this country into a state that, well, quite frankly, none of us would want to be a part of if in our right minds. Um, and neither would anybody who's any of us who are victims to these things and what what is considered to be, quote, the West. Um, which is, well, pretty much defined as Australia, New Zealand, Europe, Canada, the United States, Babylon the Great. And um, let's see who else may I have forgotten. But anyway, Father, we just thank you. We praise you. We are so desirous, so absolutely overwhelmed with, I don't know what the word is, desire, deep, deep hunger and desire to be delivered from this place. I cannot recall the last time I talked to a Christian who was wanting to be here anymore. Um, and I praise you for that, Father, because it, you know, it, it helps to unify us in our hearts to understand that we're all in a sense, sort of painfully awake and aware to the things that are unfolding. And and in the midst of that understanding, ever so much more sensitive to our plight and our challenges as the days unfold and become even darker. But yet at the same time, it brings us to a place of hope where the only place we want to be is in your presence. I don't think there's a single person. I can't imagine. I just can't in my wildest, wildest dreams. I cannot imagine one person who would not want to be with Brother Tom Horn right now. I I can't even begin to imagine it. And we praise you, Father. We We know that your scripture says, blessed in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And... I don't think there's one of us that doesn't want to be so blessed to be in your presence. Let us ascend the holy hill and let it be sooner than we can even imagine. We pray, Father God, as we see the things unfolding in this earth, that perhaps, just maybe, just maybe that our hope that Luke 21.20 is in fact unfolding, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but it surely does appear that that could be the case. And if it is, then we, as many believe, are on the imminent precipice of the revealing of the Antichrist. And how that's going to go down, we don't have any idea. And we certainly are not going to stick our neck out and say that we think that we figured out when the rapture is going to be, because we haven't. We don't know. We have an approximation, maybe. But, Father, you're in control, and we defer all of our hopes and our desires to your will, we pray that your will be done. Whatever it is that you have for us, whatever dynamics that we have to walk through, whatever fiery trials that are to try us, 
we pray, Father, that your will, not ours, your will be done in each of our lives and that we will take with us peace even as we go through these things. We don't expect them to be fun. We don't expect them to be easy. We expect them to be hard indeed. But we pray in Jesus' name that you will continue to be our loving Abba Father and protect us as much as you are willing to. As much, And we are not greater than our Master. And we may have to go through things that are, well, just pretty darn hard. But we're going to trust you no matter what. Like Job said in Job 13, 15, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. And we will. We will trust you, Father, till death does us part. And till death does us glory. And we give you all that praise and honor and glory, Father God, because that's who we were called to be on this earth. We thank you for choosing us for the days that we are in right now. We don't Clearly, I, I would be astonished to meet a single Christian that truly believed that they understood why. We don't, but yet we walk in faith because that's what you have given us. And we praise you for whatever level of understanding that we have through your scripture to be able to embrace that in the days that we're in right now. Maybe we're right or maybe what we feel in our hearts is correct, and maybe we are on that very edge, the very edge of your coming. Maybe we are. But then again, maybe we need to buck up, be strong and of good courage, and be not afraid, nor thou be dismayed, knowing that you are with us, Father God, and that you will strengthen us in the days, not only now that we are in, but in the days ahead. And we defer all of our wishes and dreams to your hands, for we are in your holy hands. And Lord Jesus, we pray that we are also and know in our hearts that we are in your holy hands. And we thank you. We thank you for that revelation and understanding of your scripture. We praise you for the days that we are in right now. We thank you for the refiner's fire and the fiery trials that are to try us. And we ask you in the name of Jesus, Father, for those who are suffering grief, for those who are going through incredibly difficult times, and for those of us who are going through comparatively better times, we praise you for that. We thank you for every opportunity that you lay before us, Father, to be able to bless someone else through prayer, to be able to bless or save the souls of those who we may never see until we are in glory. We pray, Father, that those whom we are able to touch through our prayers are thusly thus so blessed father and we pray that many souls will be saved many like i said and like we all would like to believe and do believe will be touched by your mercy and your loving kindness through the prayers for the lost father we lift up our loved ones we lift up our aunts and uncles our cousins our moms our dads you know if they're still with us our just our children many of which are grown, fully grown, and in some cases are not. We just lift them up and we hold them all before you, Father God. If they are within, living with us still, we will continue to pray for them, Father, and pray for divine protection to be afforded to us in a manner that our children will not be hurt, and that you, through your grace and loving kindness, 
your endless and incomprehensible mercy. Father, will deliver us from this place before anything really awful happens to any of us. But if you so do will that something bad, you know, does happen to hit us or strike us or it does, you know, the, 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 it does rain on the just and the unjust. We pray, Father, that our departure will be swift. And we pray that, like so many others that you have taught us through their testimony, uh, did not have to suffer, that were delivered from their flesh bodies before any of the uh, really bad stuff hit them. Father, we pray that you will deliver us with that level of swiftness, that you will bring home, bring us home before um, our flesh bodies even experience such pain. As I believe happened to Stephen, and as I believe and know as a fact through testimony happened to so many other of, of those who served you, as we hope to serve you through our prayers, through our dedicated prayers, every single day until we depart. We pray, Father, as Daniel did, that you will not delay. We pray in the name of Jesus that maybe, and we hope, that for sure, we like to believe with all of our heart that we are the first group that is identified in the parable of the great king and the feast of the great king in Matthew 22, that we are those servants. We are part of the group of those servants who are serving you and not part of the other servants who are sent out later and thusly persecuted. Which gives us hope because as we look at the things that are unfolding right now, we recognize that the persecution can be pretty um, very uh, close, close and hit very close to home. And we would like to believe that through your mercy, through maybe some divine providence, <clears throat> that we might be part of that early departure group. We don't know, but we are going to continue to pray that in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. And I ask you, Father God, to hear these prayers that we pray before you. In many cases, both night and day. Matthew eighteen nineteen. Jesus, you said to us, again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Lord Jesus, here we are. And we are on earth. And these are the words that we hold before us. And we ask you please to count each of us worthy to indeed escape, as your word says, all these things that are about to come to pass. We understand, Lord, that that is a tall order. But we do aspire from the very bottom of our heart to ascend the holy hill, to be in your divine presence, to have our walk steadied by our King and our friend, the lover of our soul, he who delivered each of us Through the will of the Father. Lord Jesus, we praise you. We praise you for submitting to the will of our Heavenly Father. That you would be, that you would have 
suffered so for each of us. It's something that I don't really think any of us can, we can't put ourselves in your shoes. We cannot understand it. I don't think there's ever been a Christian on the face of the earth that could ever truly understand it. Certainly not relate to it. And we ask you in the name of Jesus, in your name, Lord Jesus, that you would count each of us worthy to escape all these things. But we also ask you that we would walk in harmony with your will, that we would set our alarms earlier in the morning, even though it places sometimes a very strong physical burden on our bodies. We just pray that you will give us that strength so that we can dedicate that extra time to praying for the lost, to praying for our fellow brothers and sisters, that all things that we do will be out of love. And that that love will overflow our cup through our dedication to you that you will supernaturally anoint each of us to experience that overflowing love. A love that desires to help others. Many of us are perhaps not in a place where we're able to help others in physical ways. Some of us, maybe we are. And I pray that we're able to and that we feel that love. So much so that we cannot help it that we touch other people's lives in ways that we never imagined that we even had it in us. Father, we pray that we will fall so deeply in love with you that nothing else matters. We pray that you will overfill our cups. I mean, just flooding over with love for you, adoration, glory, the presence of your peace and the desire to be in your presence, Lord Jesus, more than ever, more than ever, as each day goes on. Let us feel that hunger, that of the deer that pants for the water, because now is the time, more strongly, more powerfully, more more evident than ever before. I can attest Praise your, praise your holy name that I've seen more and more and more people awakening. Literally jumping, um, metaphorically, dozens of exits ahead from where they were only six months ago in their understanding. It's amazing to see that progress so fast. Father, I pray that we all are given a supernatural anointing and strength to be able to have that joy of our salvation, to understand that the burdens that are placed upon us at our workplaces, to understand that the things that are asked of us that we really deeply, deeply don't want to do, 
to adjust our minds through the renewing of our minds, to recognize that every opportunity that we are blessed is an opportunity that we can bless others. Take away from us, Father, whatever we have in our hearts that would cause us to draw in, to draw into our souls, thinking that that somehow affords us special protection or maybe there's something by our strength that we can do without you, which would be folly. Thank you for bringing us to a place where every day is just one more day that we can spend not only in your presence and praising you and taking communion and praying for the lost and praying for our fellow brothers and sisters, but also just being in your presence and praising you, being on our knees and seeking you, knowing, not just believing, but knowing how powerful and how meaningful those prayers are and the change that it can bring into people's lives, even because they're prayers out of utter faith. Utter faith. Faith that could only come through the Word of God, through the testimony of the saints, through the prophetic word and tongue of your prophets, through the visions and dreams and the realities that have been shared with us through live testimony of those who have witnessed these things with their own eyes that confirm that that which we practice out of faith in prayer is actually working. Not taking any credit for ourselves for we know it is not us. All we ask, Father, is as long as we have to be here that you would continue to protect us so that we are able to serve you, so that we are able to praise you, so that we are able to touch other people's lives through prayer, through generosity, through loving kindness, in a day when all these things are beginning to wane as a wave rolling back out into the ocean, the drawing back, just as your scripture prophesies of the days that we're in right now, when men's hearts will grow cold. And it's possible that we haven't even begun to see the magnitude at which that may occur. We see it now. Some of us do. But I think it's possible that it could be even more than what we're seeing today. And we hope, we hope and believe, I do, that we're very, very close. I know that's not quantifiable, but my goodness, does it look like we're very, very close. And we pray that that closeness, that imminence of the hour, that season that we know that we are a part of, that we, as we watch for that, for that thief in the night, that is about to break into the master's house. As we watch the things that are happening, as we've been commanded to, to watch and pray, 
to measure the events that are occurring across the world against your holy scripture. As we see these things happening, Father, we pray that these will encourage us. Yes, I know, if we look at them through the flesh, we forget quickly. Isaiah 26, verse 9b, which says, When your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness, which clearly states, for those who understand such things, that millions will be saved by your righteous judgments. For at midnight we will rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgments. And we thank you, Father. We pray that you, Lord, through your loving touch and kindness, not because we're looking at the earth through earthly eyes, but because we are experiencing the manifestation of your mercy through that which was destined before there was time, through the changing of the dynamics on this earth in such a manner that many who would never have pursued you will. And always embracing that, holding everything, all of our hopes and desires and dreams, focused on where our brother Tom Horn is right now, where all of us would rather be. All of us would much rather be. Father, we also anticipate as the days go on that you will bring many, many more home too. Probably many that are close to us as was experienced by myself for sure in the last couple of years. Um, members of my family and people that were very close to me at work. And I believe also that there are many of those who are praying with us even now that have had similar dynamics occur in their life where they lost people that were close to them. Father, we pray for a spirit of forgiveness to fall upon our hearts that is far beyond our comprehension in the flesh. And we ask you, Father, to anoint us in such a fashion that we feel a divine presence, a supernatural peace. That the only place that we want to be is in that secret place of the Most High. The only place that we want to be is in your holy presence. And we thank you. There's nothing here for us. Father, we ask that each of our desires, the desires of our heart, are interlocked with yours, are interlocked with Jesus. And we understand the futility of that which surrounds us and take peace from that which is promised us. We give you all the glory, praise, and honor. Let us take time to look at your artwork in the heavens. Let us take time to appreciate every bite of food, every drink of water, every moment that we can close our eyes and know, know the glory that awaits us. Whether we are gifted with city mansions and country mansions or we're just gifted with a small cottage, we look forward to the day that we can be ever closer to your presence. 
we would like very much and pray always that we would be invited to the wedding supper, not just as a guest, but as part of the barley first fruits harvest. And we know we're not worthy. We know for certain that we're not worthy. And it is only through your incredible loving kindness that we might be counted worthy. We praise your name, Father, for the days that we're in now. And we ask you for those that are suffering, those that are heartbroken, those that are living in fear every day. Please, Father, please, in the name of Jesus, come upon them. We ask you, Lord, and we're going to ask you even more tonight, that there will be angelic encounters as is spoken of in Job 33, 14, 15, 13, 14, and 15, where it says, Man speaks once, or I'm sorry, God speaks once, yea, twice, but man perceiveth it not in a dream and a vision of the night. Father, we pray that the hardened hearts of those who, due to their upbringing, due to their the place on the earth that they were raised, the parents that they had, may have been misled. We ask for a divine revelation to fall upon them, a supernatural revealing, a revelation, an apocalypse, the appearance of Jesus into their dreams. We know that you do it all the time, Father. And we're going to continuously pray for such a blessing to befall the untold numbers of those who do not understand, are confused, and find themselves thrust into the midst of exceedingly difficult turmoil, life-threatening dynamics, We praise you, Father God, for placing us in a, in a position of understanding where we recognize that there is good and evil all over. And not to take sides, except to be completely immersed in you. Completely immersed in you, Jesus. And completely immersed in pray, prayerful, deeply, deeply prayerful for your love for your loving kindness and your unbelievable mercy to fall upon those, Lord, that are going through such difficult times. For it was by these difficult times, in accordance with your word, knowing that you would want not one to perish, that so many may otherwise be persuaded to call out upon the name of Jesus, even though they were raised in a different way. For through dismay, through difficult times, judgments, and war, through these dynamics, more and more people will fall to their knees and pray to you, Lord Jesus, that otherwise maybe never did believe because they realize that where they are now has not brought them to where they hope to be. They do not feel it in their heart. And we pray in Jesus' name 
that your will, Father, will be done for each of those in accordance with the word and accordance with the promises of the word and the prayers of the saints. Those who have a contrite spirit. Those who seek you as the tax collector. Those who feel truly truly saddened by the things that are happening on the earth. But we knew that we would. We knew that we were entering the beginning of sorrows. I believe that the prophecy that you gave that says that we are in the sorrows, period, is true. But at the same time, our scripture, our word, our Jesus says, that we are to keep our minds stayed on things above and not on things of this earth. We pray through the presence of the Holy Spirit and you, Father, and the the ever-loving, immersing Spirit of our Lord Jesus, that we will be able to commune continuously in a place of holiness and righteousness of thought where our minds are immersed in the understanding of your scripture and the understanding that if it were not for the days of darkness that we are clearly entered into already, many, many hundreds and hundreds of millions would end up in the pit so difficult it is for us in the flesh to recognize what a blessing these dark days are ultimately going to be for so many who without them would never have made it, but will now. And let us take joy from that. Let us recognize that which you have known since before the foundations of the earth that these days of darkness which we are experiencing today and may continue to experience for some time, probably not too much longer, but some time, are going to be the most incredible mercy that you have ever shown in the history of the world. And for that, we give you all the glory. We praise you, Father God, for your mercy does endure forever. You are an awesome Father. You are our dear Father, our Abba Father. We thank you. We love you. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you. We thank you for everything. We thank you for suffering. We thank you for everything. And may we grow ever more what would be the word immersed, utterly immersed in your divine and holy presence at all times? (laughs) Oh, Lord, we pray and we shall pray and we shall continue to pray and pray knowing how very, very important it is to you, knowing the fruit that it will bear. Not maybe, 
but why that it shall bear. We give you all the praise and honor. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus, for if you had not awakened us to the days that we're in right now, if you had not awakened us, whether it were 12 years ago, 15 years ago, doesn't matter, five years ago, if you had not awakened us, we could be in a place of great risk. But instead we're immensely blessed by an understanding that would trouble others but gives us hope. We pray that you will show us and teach us through your word the scriptures that will help us navigate the challenge and the ambiguity associated with this walk at this time. A time that no one in the history of the world has ever experienced. And a time that will grow continuously darker to bring in even a bigger harvest. We thank you for every person that you touch. We praise you for every angel that shouts glory. And we thank you for all the many miracles and big miracles in some cases that you allow for us to experience in our walks as we progress forward one day at a time, not worrying about tomorrow. Your will be done. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that your will be done. And we thank you. We thank you no matter what, we praise your holy name for the good and the bad, for the rain that rains on the just and the rain that rains on the unjust. And we praise you, Father, for continuously working with us in our endeavor to be found worthy to climb that holy hill and stand in your glorious presence someday. And now to our Lord Jesus, who is not only able to keep us from stumbling, but we trust will. And present us faultless before you, Father, someday, very soon, we believe, with exceeding joy. Which no doubt is an ecstasy that we cannot quantify nor experience in the realm that we're at right now. And to you, Father, our Savior, who believe me and believe all of your creation and your glory alone is wise, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever. We thank you, Father. Amen. Glory to God. Today is Friday, October the 20th. Time now is 7.44 p.m. on the east coast of the United States, Babylon the Great. And indeed it is. And it is also the 5th of Heshvan, 57.84. Hallelujah. And tonight together, we light the Sabbath candles. Or, if you prefer, the Shabbat candles. 
Do you have to do it on a Friday? No. Do you have to do it on any day? No. Does our Father appreciate it? You can believe that. I like to lay three, one for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for... Father, let us reflect back. Let us reflect back on this week. Let us reflect back on the last couple of years. Let us reflect back on the journey that you have taken us through. Let us remember the many miracles. For example, I'll share this many, this very small testimony. Up against the deadline, drop dead deadline, an unknown number of highly influential people at my workplace would have been, well, let's just say more than upset. And there I was, as you know, Father, praying for your mercy that the document that I submitted, I've never done anything like it before, never done anything like it before, had no idea. And I prayed and prayed because I knew that if it failed inspection, I couldn't do the prayer vigil. I'd be up all all this evening working on it. And I didn't want to go there. I wanted to be here with you. And I recall, I don't understand why, that as I rebooted this junky old tablet that I bought so that I could monitor one of my security cameras. It was failing, as it always does. <laughs> it gets stuck on a screen that has 1111 on it. Why? Particularly because it was 3.30 p.m. in the afternoon. There's no reason for that. And I remember thanking you for it, hoping inside my heart that just maybe that was a sign. Maybe everything would be okay. And sure enough, against all odds, against all odds, by your blessing, I was able to deliver the document. And I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that those documents will be accepted and appreciated by those who they are intended for. But thank you for helping that little thing to pass so that we could spend this time together with you instead of me having to deal with the earthly burden and shifting the schedule around. It's just better, Father, as you know, for us to be able to spend time with you even now. And we praise you for that. We thank you and we praise your holy name forever and ever. Hallelujah and Amen. Praise you, Jesus. The Hebrew Kaddish. Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Borei Peri Hagafen Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Kitshanu B'mitzvotav V'ratzavanu Vishabat kod shobeya vahuvratzon hinchilanu 
Zikaron le mate vereshit. Ki huyom techila le mikrae kodesh. Zechelitiat mitraim. Kivanu vacharta, veotanu kidashta mikol hamim. Veshabat kodshecha be'ava uvratzon himchaltanu. Baruch atadonai mekadesh hashabat. Holy Lord Jesus, please cleanse and totally purify. Please cleanse and totally purify our heart, our mind, our soul, our spirit, our flesh our record-keeping books in heaven, and our robe and gown in heaven. Father, with your holy fire, and Lord Jesus, with your precious blood. Jesus, we plead your blood all over our homes, all over our loved ones, all over our jobs, all over anyone on this earth who, through the influences of the darkness, may wish us ill. Father, we praise you for even the ability to be able to plead the blood of Jesus upon us. We thank you, Father, for the testimonies of so many who have come forward from a past that exposed them to being able to witness the results of pleading the blood of Jesus. And to, rec- and, and, to, and to testify that they were unable to touch those who had pleaded the blood of Jesus upon themselves. And we plead it. May we remember to plead that blood upon us every day. May we, may we remember and be taught through the presence of the Holy Spirit in our hearts to plead that blood upon our loved ones. As we continue to lift them up before thee, Father, and praise your name and thank you, because we will. We may not see every single change, but we will likely see many of them start to unfold before us, even before our departure. And we praise you for that and thank you. Please continue to cleanse, purify us, because to the pure, all things are pure. How can that possibly be, Father? Because when we look at things through your righteous judgments, when we understand what the result will be, that all those who call out upon the name of the Lord, blood, fire, and vapor of smoke, all those who call out upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We praise your holy name and we thank you, Father, for the days that we are in are quite challenging. And we need all the hope that we can get. And we praise you for it. We thank you, Lord. Glory to your holy name. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. Oh, Lord Jesus, we want to run. 
and we want to run to that higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me, for you are my dove, hidden in split open rock. It was I who took you and hid you up high, in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face, and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes are in worship, and lovely your voices in prayer. You must catch those troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. For they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together. Thank you, Jesus.
to try to keep a little bit more in contact because we know that we are swimming in a world of deceit and lies on a magnitude that I do not believe has ever existed and will probably grow in intensity. I think that's reasonable for all of us to estimate. Um, If you feel so led and you do have a copy of uh, what they call Telegram, it's a... a, uh, application that you can load on your computer, as well as your cellular phone or mobile device. Um, There is a channel, and we can thank West Coast Walter for this. I guess the nickname I give him, but he's Brother Jeremy. Uh, He's been really uh, on things, on top of them. Uh, And, you know, when when one of us is down and overwhelmed with uh, stuff, Right, it's always a blessing when when a fellow brother or sister is able to pick up the slack a little bit. Right, Amen. So I wanted to share this with you because uh, we we're hampered. You know, we don't understand. We we cannot see, and it's in, it's all on purpose, and we all know that. Uh, we are not able to know what's going on. Um, we, you know, I just had one sister ask me. Uh, did they go in? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I had no idea. And uh, she was referring to uh, whether or not Israel had moved into Gaza yet or not. So if you want, if you feel led, um, not everybody does, and that's fine. I, I Believe me, I relate to that. Um, but if you do feel led to try to stay on top of some of the things that are happening without um, having to wade through endless uh, lies, um, uh, and I'm not saying that there isn't some bias. I do not know if there is bias in this particular information source. I don't know. And I don't, uh, I, I still think that it, it, what I can say is this, this particular source that Jeremy has, um, found appears, and I can't, I can't, like I said, I'm, I'm unable at this point to determine what, if any bias this individual has. However, what I what appears to be the case, and uh, again, that could be uh, amended at any time, what appears to be the case is that somehow this individual is getting information that uh, is really close. I mean, it appears to be exceedingly close to what is going on, almost as if they're standing there watching it. 
Um, uh, and I think many of us would like to know, um, you know, where, where are we in this dynamic as it unfolds? We've heard news. The, the kinds of things that we've heard are things like this. We've heard things that at the point in time that Israel goes and launches a land invasion in Gaza, there will be a massive war that will unfold, not only from Lebanon, but also from possibly other parts of the world. I can tell you, for what it's worth, that there are sources that have been claiming that Iran is currently moving very long-range and exceedingly powerful missiles. Uh, I I don't know. I, I mean, what do I know? This is not an area of my expertise, but there are individuals that are filming I guess, well, obviously, they're in Iran, and they're seeing the trucks moving down the road. Um, they're claiming things like the missiles are being moved into position. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know what missiles Iran has. All we've been, we've been drowning under a world of lies. Okay, so we don't really know. We really don't. And those who would know such things would never tell us. They would never tell us. So it is a blessing to be, uh, you know, to some extent interconnected to data sources um, that while they may carry with them, themselves some bias that we may or may not be aware of, at least we're able to be privy to some extent to what may likely be happening, but no guarantees. Okay, because there is bias. There's bias everywhere. Everywhere there's bias. The only bias that I want to have is bias for Jesus. The only bias that I want to have is bias for my Father. And I pray that that is how you feel too. I don't want to be a part of this world anymore. And I don't think, I don't, you know, honest to goodness, I can't really think of a time that I did. It's just I've been doing this so long. I really cannot think. I, I, it's very, very hard for me to remember a time that I wanted to be here at all. I can't really think of a time. I know that there probably was. Well, um, let's just put it this way. Uh, I just can't remember it. I can't. And I praise God that I can't because it would be, I don't want to remember that part of my life. I want to grow more hungry and more. You know, I've noticed, and I want to share this as many testimony. I've noticed I'm, uh, it's like I have two states of my, I don't know what you want to call it. I don't want, I don't want to say that it's a spiritual state. I don't know what to call it. I just don't know. But I do know that for some unexplainable reason, I take peace in seeing the things that are unfolding right now. Now, I know that you could say, hey, that's not a very loving position to take. I don't know if I agree with you. Um, when we understand, when we come to the understanding, again, when we're able to embrace the Word of God, and we know it well enough to understand what it means in twenty, you know, Isaiah twenty six nine, when when you know when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Will learn righteousness. 
what the implication of that scripture is, is that without those judgments being in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will not learn righteousness. Thus, they shall be cast into the pit and burn in hell forever. See, we have to be able to make deductions, logical, you could call them logical, you could call them spiritual, you could call them whatever you want to call them. But just what, where I believe churchianity has failed me in my 60, almost two-year-old, in March it'll be 62, in my life has failed me humongously, is by not teaching me how to discern the Word of God beyond, it's just, just full of lies. Uh, I, I'm sad to say that my life is pregnant, for lack of a better term, with lies, and whether they were unwitting or not, I don't know. Okay, I, I, I don't know. They may have been unwitting. It may have just been legitimate, bona fide ignorance on the part of the person that was doing the teaching, on the part of the person that was doing the preaching. I don't know. I don't think that there was any malice associated with it. I don't think that they were up there intentionally omitting really important things. I just honestly believe with all of my heart that those individuals, that was just part of their upbringing. It was just part of how they were raised. It was just part of the churchianity that they, uh, you know, that's just what they experienced throughout their life was how their moms raised them, how their fathers raised them, how the churches that they were exposed to raised them. You know, there, there's this dynamic that tends to happen. Unless God pulls us away, like he did me, and I'm not saying I'm not anybody special, because believe me, I'm not. <laughs> I'm the opposite of that. But the Lord did tell me that I needed to not, that I had to get rid of everything that I was taught in church. Now, the word everything, it's its a little bit hard to quanti- explain that dynamic, but how do I explain it? There's no way to explain it. I just, I just knew in my heart. I just knew. I can't explain why I knew, but I knew in my heart what the Lord was talking about. And um, anyway, so it it's part of our... Holiness is a state of separating ourselves from that which we feel is not where it ultimately needs to be. And many, well, they won't do that. They truly believe from the bottom of their heart, for whatever reason, that they're right where God wants them to be. And it's not for us to judge. It really isn't. Judge not the E.B. judge. I don't want nothing to do with judging. And I don't want nothing. I thank you, Jesus. I had at one time a desire to be, you know, I don't know why, looking back in retrospect, that I would have ever wanted to have any kind of formal training because the Bible is there for us to receive. The Scripture is there for us to receive. But if we're basing what we're learning as we're reading the Bible on something that someone else taught, something that someone else wrote in a book, something that someone else preached to us, then we're subjecting ourselves to their belief systems, and we're subjecting ourselves to everything that they were taught, possibly their entire lives. 
There is no fresh learning. You cannot learn pure unless you separate yourself unto holiness, unless you seek the Lord. You read that word. You seek his wisdom. And you'll know, you will know, because there'll be this feeling that you get. You'll know when something that someone else says that's very advanced and in the sense that it's so far head and shoulders above anything that you've even heard anything like about in the, in the church. And you'll feel. It'll be a feeling. And you'll just feel. You'll be like, that's it. I just know it. I just know it. It'll just... it. God makes sense. I know that there's scripture, the scripture, you know, as high as the heavens are above the earth, that whole, you know, you know, God is uh, unknowable in, in so many ways, but, and that's true. I mean, it's, it is, you know, ingrained into our scripture that, you know, that it's not possible for us to, and it isn't, but but it also the scripture also says the word of god the, our lord jesus it, it god, jesus is the word he is the word can you imagine that so even though there are always going to be translational discrepancies which will thank you jesus thank you father for showing us so many of those and also to be open minded and and open spirited and to be able to receive things that others will never be able to receive They'll just get stuck wherever they are. That's fine. But not to judge and to be so hungry that we want, we desire to understand more. We desire to want to understand why the Scripture would say to the pure, all things are pure. That's a mystery. You know, it's so many mysteries. I love the mysteries. That's all I ever really wanted to know. And it's fascinating, too, because when you're hunting down the mysteries, everything else starts to gel and fall into place. It doesn't mean that you have a perfect understanding. That's ridiculous. There's always going to be a human margin of error. But I praise God that I was able to let go of the many, many, many books, the many, many, many teachings, the entire DVD sets that I purchased and studied and took notes on and made notebooks until my fingers were purple with those big divots you get from taking too many notes, the big, you know what I mean, when you're holding a pen too long, hours and hours and hours of study, only to realize that it wasn't correct. But sometimes you need to study something a lot to be able to see that it isn't correct. God will eventually show you. Now, I don't think we have all that much time left. Just me. I don't think we have all that much time left. And so, but we always have time left, even now and in eternity, I believe, to grow. And we, if anyone think, seeks wisdom, let them ask God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it shall be given them. Right? Amen. James 1, verse 5. Just the book of James alone is just so jam-packed with unbelievable... Oh my gosh, it's just that... I don't think you could ever fully 
share and teach and impart upon your fellow brothers and sisters all of the mysteries that are woven, deep mysteries that are woven into the book of James, the book of Jude. Wow, another one. There's so many of them. It's amazing. But anyway, if you are, if you do want to have some exposure to what's going on, again, I have no idea about any bias. The assumption must always be today, especially today, that any information flows that you are exposed to will likely have some hidden bias. In fact, I think that that is a true statement today for the prophets as well. I'm sad to say, and I do mean sad, because there was there was a time, at least I feel there was a time, and I don't feel that that time exists anymore, because what I've noticed is that with a few, with like actually only one exception that I can think of, that the prophetic word is tainted. It, I don't think it's intentionally tainted. I just think it's just, it's because of ignorance. It's be, we have to have an understanding of who the players are in the Bible, who, who are the foolish virgins. Sometimes you have supergroups, and then you have subgroups, and then you have subgroups of the subgroups. And if you don't understand who they are, if you don't know where the scriptures are to explain it, if you're not able to infer meaning that is clearly there but is not explicitly stated, then you won't be able to see. You won't be able to piece it together. If you've read books and you believe them or you sat in a church and somebody taught something and this is what this is and that is what that is and you embraced it and you believe that God witnessed to your heart that that is true, you're not going to let it go. Maybe you need to, but that's okay. So if you feel led to try, and I say that with great care, there is on Telegram, and if you don't use it, that's fine. There's no requirement, none at all. I I know this might sound weird, and that's okay. I, if the only word you call me is weird, I will take that as a blessing. Thank you, Jesus. But there's a place uh, on Telegram that you can search for called Middle East Middle East Spectator. Middle East Spectator. Middle East Spectator. And if you uh, load that up uh, on your Telegram, this particular individual, I don't know who it is. I have no idea if they have it, you know, any biases? I don't know. But uh, the data, the data that they share is like they're standing right in Israel and watching it all happen. How is that possible? I do not know. I do not know. But I will read for you, because you may be curious, what this has revealed in the last several hours, going back to a post at 6.46 p.m. I'm assuming, though, <clears throat> and that's, that may be a bad assumption, I do not know, that that 6.46 p.m. is Eastern time, because I'm assuming that my Telegram application is pulling those dates from my local computer. 
although I'm not certain of that. But I will read to you right now what you will not be able to get probably from any other source that I know of. And if you do know, please share it with me because um, we're all in this together. And you might say, well, well, Johnny, you just said that you want to spend more time with the Lord. Well, for me, because I – see, to me, this is spending time with the Lord. To me, this is knowing – doing what Jesus told us to do, to watch ye therefore, to watch. You know, if we had known the day or the hour or whatever that the, that the thief was going to come, you know, if we had known, we would have been watching. Would we have not? Yes, we would have. I want to watch. To me, it brings me great peace. I don't want to see the bad stuff, although Psalm 91 kind of says we will. But when you see, to me, it's drawing me closer to Jesus. I know that that to somebody who, when a person is totally immersed in the presence of the Lord, when a person is truly keeping their heart and mind stayed on things above, see, to, to those who are earthly in their hearts, and they are, this is very hard to explain, and I don't want this to sound the wrong way, but it's just the way it is. It really is. To those of us we're not doom and gloomers, you see. We know that these things have to come to pass. To us, the revelation of these things unfolding are revelations of the scriptural prophecies. They draw us in closer to our point of departure. They draw us in closer to the time that we'll be with Jesus, the time that we'll be in glory, the time that we'll be at the wedding supper. It's not dwelling on bad things. It's dwelling on imminence. And imminence is glory. But your mind has to be stayed on things above and not on things of this earth. So the Middle East spectator with this timestamp of 6.46 p.m., although, like I said, I don't understand... I don't know for sure where the timestamp is pulled. The series of events are airstrikes on Gaza throughout the day, still a huge lack of food, water, medicine, electricity. The next one is, despite reports, Egypt and Israel still have not managed to reach a deal regarding aid to Gaza through the Rafah crossing. The next one is sporadic, sporadic rocket attacks by Hamas and... And then it says, uh, it has the letters P-I-J, which I do not know what that means, took place on cities like Sardat and Ashkelon. Uh, uh, yeah, Ashkelon. Belgium and Oman joined the list of countries that asked their citizens to leave Lebanon. So evidently there's a list. I don't know what that list is. Hezbollah once again targeted the IDF surveillance posts and troop concentrations in the settlements of Batula, Yifta, Harman, Al-Asi, Ramin Barracks, Al-Ramtha, Zibdin, 
Al-Radar, I guess it is. Some of these I can't pronounce very well. Ruwasat Al-Karn Branit Barracks, and it just goes on and on, with ATGMs, which are anti-tank guided missiles, recoilless guns, and sniper rifles. At this point, it is not unusual to see more than 10 attacks a day. So it's talking about the northern, it's talking about the uh, border of Lebanon. I have a testimony of a lady who lives relatively close to there, and she's very distressed. Because evidently this, some of these things that were, some of these reports are a way of life for them, and it's tormenting them. Another one reads, uh, in response to the attacks today that apparently caused a relatively large amount of casualties compared to the previous days, Israel carried out airstrikes and artillery shelling of South Lebanon, hitting Hezbollah targets and infrastructure. Another report is in a, an Iraqi group identifying itself as, quote, the Islamic resistance in Iraq claimed responsibility for an attack on American bases in the country. This is stuff that I am not seeing on any, you know, normal, you know, Fox, the Epic Times. It, it, it doesn't matter what, what you're monitoring. I, I'm not seeing any of this anywhere else. Anywhere else. Not even close. More. Since two days ago, we've seen U.S. military bases in Iraq come under rocket attack and drone attack. These attacks have been claimed by unknown uh, by an unknown entity identifying itself as the, quote, Islamic resistance in Iraq. Next one is, until two days ago, no one had really heard of this group, which reportedly first emerged after the assassinated assassination of General Soleimani. The name is very generic and could possibly refer to any of the dozens of resistance factions operating inside of Iraq today. But whoever they are, they have been dormant for several years. The next one reports, what is clear, however, is that this group reemerged after the Al-Aqsa flood operation and seems to be in direct response to the United States involvement and support for the war on behalf of Israel. There are a number of additional speculations. They all appear to be neutral as far as allegiance to either side, which I find um, good. I find that to be good because what we cannot seem to escape from the viewpoint that we're locked into here without such sources is very, very one-sided. But we also have to remember, as Chuck Misler used to say all the time, that Israel is God's wife and the bride of Jesus Christ is Jesus' wife. How that comes together, I and the Father are one, that's 
a dynamic that I don't think anyone has completely put together. But we do have in Hosea 2, verse 19, it says, I, our Heavenly Father, says to Israel, I will betroth thee. How that all works? I don't even, whenever I come across, I'm not saying it's right, wrong, or indifferent, that's okay. But whenever I come across something dead, I, you know, I, I can't, like when I re, when I read Hosea two verse nineteen, I will betroth thee. When in, in when I know in my spirit that that's referring that our heavenly Father is referring to Israel prophetically. That's none of my business. Now what I would like to believe, and I pray in the name of Jesus, that I will always accept that which I don't understand and be okay with it. And be very grateful and praiseful and just full of excitement. I don't even know how to explain it. But I, you know, people have called, I, I, you know, the people that are the pillow prophets, the people that are, uh, you know, the seven mountains folks, I, I can't even imagine how they can still be that. It's hard for me to fathom that how anyone could still believe in the seven mountains mandate and see what's happening in the world. But when deception sinks into somebody, especially if it's demonically inspired and they don't realize it, well, the other problem is human pride. Human pride will cause people without even realizing that pride is driving it to stand their ground of belief systems. They will stand it no matter what. They will believe it because they can't believe that they could have been misled. They cannot accept that. And that is actually a form of pride. I think in the days that we are in right now, this is my personal opinion, always subject to be amended by our Heavenly Father with a nice frying pan upside the head. Praise Jesus. For me, who has received plenty of those over the years, um, I believe what I believe because of my experiences, because of the prophecies and the dreams and the visions. But it doesn't mean that they don't—they're not all up for amendment at any time, because our Father does relent, and He does reveal new things to us in our walks. But one thing is for sure: when we are familiar with the gamut of data. Some people don't they don't want to do it this way. That's just not their thing. But for those of us who have been I think it's a blessing. I truly believe from the very depth of my heart that it's a blessing to be exposed to look, we're told, we're commanded indeed to be wise as serpents. To be wise as those who want us dead. To be wise as they are. And if we're on our knees seeking our Father and we have tossed away, if we've let go of all the things that were baked into us, like once saved, always saved, and all that kind of stuff, the things that people say that, oh, when they say it, they're so sure. They're so sure. But when we're willing to truly be humble, and to try to receive and to, to discern. And it doesn't mean that our discernment is going to be accurate. 
That's another form of pride. But we don't always understand that. But for those who do not, and I, for those who come within our hearing, you know, we're exposed to them through hearing. Okay, maybe it's a YouTube, maybe it's a, who knows? Maybe it's a TikTok somebody sends us. Who knows? We don't know. But if we're exposed to another Christian saying something, and we don't have a really good foundation, and personally, for me, the foundation that I operate on is a combination of many different things. The Word of God, thousands of hours of study, has to be thousands by now. 7,000 radio shows with a myriad of different guests and diverse under, diverse understanding, extremely advanced belief systems. Derek Gilbert, who was with Sky, you know, Sky News, he was on the show a couple of times. We've been very blessed. Uh, Gans Shamira, we, we just praise God. The the diversity of guests that we've had on this program over over 12 years. You learn a lot. Doesn't mean that everything that everybody believes is exactly accurate. That's not true. But but having the humility to recognize that there is something that each person brings that we can pray about, we can seek the Lord over, recognizing that we, too, have weaknesses, and we, too, have a margin of error. Keeping that humble and contrite spirit, always being hopeful. But I can tell you that over the years, over the last 12 years, there have been many that have referred to those of us who look at these things as glorious, as doom and gloomers. Ah, you're a bunch of doom and gloomers. I don't see anything doomy about any of this. I think the prophecies of the Holy Bible are exciting. I already know that the path that we are on is narrow. I already know from an endless it's seemingly endless stream of testimonies of people that have been taken to heaven, that have been guests on this radio show, who have seen the pearly gates and stood before them. Their testimonies vivid because it was an actual, it wasn't just some dream that they had. They were there. What a blessing that is. And when you're exposed to that, you already know what the inevitable is. It says so in the Word. So when you're, looking, when you're listening to the testimonies of these people, when you're listening to the testimonies of those who were taken to heaven, when you're listening to the testimonies of Dimitri Dunham and David Wilkerson, A.A. A. Allen, and you're putting them all together, and they're all saying exactly the same thing, when, you, when you're able to, when you're so utterly, utterly blessed with, um, uh, you know, being, oh gosh, I wish there was some way I wish, but there isn't. And so I will just go ahead and keep on wishing it. And that'll just be the way it'll be until we leave. But I wish there was some way that I could impart my recollection into you. It's not that my recollection is flawless, but it is exceedingly diverse. And also humbled up 
because I've seen God relent in real time. And so, but you know what? When somebody else tells you their testimony, it might make you cry. Like when we had that awesome brother who was shot. You know, he was uh, just going, I guess, to the doctors or to the hospital or whatever, and he was standing by his car, and he was shot. He was in a dangerous part of town, and he was shot several times. And he was miraculously healed by our Heavenly Father for the testimony. How awesome. I forget his name. I could find it real easy. But but anyway, the point is, these testimonies add up to amazing things. And when you're able, when you're blessed, when you're so blessed to be able to see how... We already know that the vast majority of people on the earth are not going to make it. We know that. We know that Psalm 91 says, essentially, and I'm not quoting it directly, but I'm, you know, I'm summarizing. It says you will see a thousand, you know, a thousand will pass at your left hand and 10,000 to your right. uh, And with your eyes, you will see the reward of the wicked. But we also have to embrace and understand that it rains on the just and the unjust, which means, and then we have Isaiah 57, 1, you know, where, where it, goes on to explain to us that, uh, oh, there's just so many mysteries. It's, it's right. The righteous perish, but no one takes it to heart that merciful men are taken away. While no one considers that the righteous is taken away from evil. What about all those? We just assume that when that flash of light of a nuclear bomb goes off, oh, no, it was the devil. But then what about Psalm 116.15? Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. People were, were so quick to, to ricochet and to just, you know, boomerang to the fleshy view of everything. And until we can divorce ourselves from that knee-jerk reaction that seems to be embedded, I'm speaking from experience here, that seems to be embedded into our DNA somehow. You know, when a scripture says that we are, you know, now, now knowing these things, brethren, let us cleanse ourselves of all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Imagine having a filthy spirit. Wow. Where does that come from? What's it filthy with? So, um, I do believe in my heart that, you know, and, and being called doom and gloomers, I've never really been able to relate to that. To me, to me, anything that brings us closer to being in the presence of Jesus, there's nothing doom and gloomy about it. It's awesome. It's to get excited about. It's wonderful. It's incredible. And I am very blessed to be in a place in my walk where when I look at these things occurring, I don't have, yes, my heart, yes, I'm going to pray for these people. I always do anyway, and I pray that you do as well. We should all be praying for the lost continuously. Continuously. And hopefully, 
with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word, which is what? Jesus, the sword of the Spirit. Indeed, the only offensive weapon in the armor of God. Imagine that. There isn't, to me, any bad news. Ah, there's bad things that can happen to you. Okay, you know, nobody wants to lose their job in this crummy market. <laughs> okay, but we also need to trust God. We have to. It's a good place to be. It's a wonderful place to be. I prayed my eyes out over that. You might say, well, that's a silly thing, but I wanted to, I wanted to be on the prayer vigil tonight. I did not want to have to delay it. I got other bad news today, but you know what? I'm just going to, I'm giving it to God. It's up to the Father. It's up to our Father. I, I don't, you know, it's, I don't, I'm not going to let it bother me. And I hope that we can all come to a place. Have I arrived? Absolutely not. Do I get sad? Yeah, I get sad. I do. I get sad. Do I sometimes feel a little bit sorry for myself? Are you kidding me? Who doesn't? Sometimes. We look at our circumstances and we're like, come on, can't be. Am I being asked to do things that I don't want to do, that I feel passionately that I don't want to do? But if I don't do, I'll lose my job, which means that I can't do the radio show, that I can't serve God the way that I want to or the way that I believe that he wants me to. So what do I got to do? I got to subject myself to things that I don't want to do. Well, my company is going to Vegas. It's mandatory for attendance. I, it's like the last place in the entire world I want to go. As a matter of fact, I've been actually praying that something really bad will happen that will prevent them from going. I don't want to go there. There's nothing there. It's just uh, yuck. But you know what? Sometimes we just got to do what we got to do. It's a ways to a means. It's a ways to a means, a means, a way to be able to give, to take our blessings and to bless others with those blessings. We should always have that heart. But yes, I've noticed for what it's worth, maybe not a lot or maybe something, maybe it means something to you, maybe it doesn't. But I feel more connected to the kingdom when I see the things that are happening across the world when the fulfillment of God's word, the fulfillment of God's word leading to the apocalypse. The apocalypse. Everybody's like, it's apocalyptic. It's horrible. It's bad. It's flying locusts stinging people. And no, it's the revelation of the Lord Jesus ultimately. It's really what the word apocalypse means. It's just been equated by man as being this bad thing, when in reality, it becomes the revelation. It becomes the revealing of Jesus to the whole world. And how merciful is our Heavenly Father to say in his prophetic word, the word that excites me and scares others, I'm so glad that I praise Jesus that in my walk, 
that I'm not scared at all. I, you know, the grave has no meaning to us whatsoever. It should, except that we would be with the Lord. It should be a time of praise and glory and worship. I understand that we grieve. I understand what it's like to miss somebody. I do. I have plenty of that in my life. And if I have any doubt of the spiritual state of that individual at the time that they passed, I pray about it a lot, a lot. Praise God. As a matter of fact, I'm going to try to find this testimony, and I wish I could think of the keywords, but I'm going to see if I can spot it by sight. The prayer vigil show notes have become, as you might imagine, very large over the years, and it can take me quite a bit of time sometimes to find something that I'm looking for something key. I have to do a lot of scrolling and hope that I'll stumble across it. Um, it's probably like a hundred and some pages of stuff. But there's a prophecy. Um, yep, here it is. Now, as time has gone on, I wish I could illustrate to you through example how when I read a prophecy, see the problem is sometimes a prophecy is prophesied and you'll read it and you'll say, well, that's not right. But you're reading it from the perspective of the bride of Jesus Christ. But the prophecy is not prophesying about the bride. So, it, And then even that becomes uh, challenging because uh, the bride appears to be broken up into two, two key groups, okay, which would be the barley harvest and the wheat harvest. And what I don't know, and I don't think anybody but our Heavenly Father knows, because he's the only one who is able to look upon the heart and understand each one of us for who we are, who we were, the fruit we bore during our time on the earth. See, when it rains on the just and the unjust, it, let's say a nuclear bomb goes off over, you know, Raleigh, whatever, South Carolina, whatever, you know, whatever, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, or Philadelphia, whatever the case is, whatever state or city, pick, take your pick, a nuclear bomb goes off. How many people are part of the Bride of Jesus Christ that were captured, you know, that were vaporized in that bomb? But they're still part of the Bride. These are the kinds of things that a lot of us don't even think about. Okay, when it rains on the just and the unjust, there are members of the Bride that are inside those explosions. They're going to be there at the wedding supper. Now, where they're hanging out in the meantime, I don't know. But believe me, 
for us to assume that there are not members of the bride that were born in the 1200s and the 1300s and the 1400s and the 1500s, etc., 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 to assume that, you know, uh, the people, you know, no. It, it, there are members of the bride of Jesus Christ that are all throughout centuries of time, thousands of years. So when I pray, so there are, uh, so, for me, I can read a prophecy from someone, and I, I, I can't explain it. I, I just, either I know it's wrong, or I'm able to, and I thank Jesus for this, I'm able to say, aha, that's talking to a different group. Because when our Heavenly Father prophesies, he's not, when he's speaking to the believers, in some cases he's speaking to certain believers that are going to go through certain things that other believers are not going to go through. I know that's really hard to wrap our heads around, but there's a lot of dispositions. There's a lot of different groups. A lot of them. And when you are able to when you know these things beyond any shadow of a doubt, you're able to spot those nuances in the prophetic word. But there are certain prophets that will prophesy, and their prophetic word is targeting it, 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 it's referring to a particular group. And if you don't have enough of an understanding to get that, you're going to automatically read that and think it has to do with you. But it doesn't, or doesn't need to. And that is a very, very difficult thing to be able to do. Now, there are a very small, there's actually only one. I'm just not, I'm not saying that this is the case. I'm not talking about worldwide here. Because what do I know? I don't have access. I have spotted what I consider to be very noteworthy mistakes being made from people who would otherwise appear to be exceedingly anointed. That, but then as you're reading through the prophecy, there's, they would say something like, well, the, and we are part of the 144,000. And I'm like, no, we're not. We're not. So then right away, I know that that person's understanding is tainted. It's mistaken. At that point, I really just, it's just me. I don't want to listen. Look, if somebody has a fundamental understanding wrong, then what's going to happen is their prophetic tongue will be tainted. They will believe they have a foundational belief system baked into their beliefs that is going to taint the word that they believe that they're hearing from the Lord, and it's going to trickle down. It's going to have a butterfly effect across the other things that they say. So when I detect that, I, I put them aside. I don't listen to them anymore. I won't. And if somebody gave it to me, I will say, well, have you considered this, brother or sister? And I will show them a, what I believe is a much stronger teaching on who the 144 are. But they're not the bride. And it is literal. And when it says it's coming from the tribes of, you know, the different tribes, and it mentions the tribes, and it says specific, it's very specific, that's nothing to do with the bar the, the barley harvest. 
Do you think Jesus would limit himself to 144,000, which is barely more than a, a college football stadium full of people? Do you really think so? Do you think that's what our Heavenly Father would limit? Do you really think so? No way. Either, either people don't understand quantities, or they're just completely befuddled by the Scripture and make assumptions, or they were taught under somebody on their DVD set, and they just thought, oh, that must be it, but it's not. Whenever it can be literal, it is literal. This, so I will share this. I I have not yet, I'm just going to say this, I have not yet found any error in Julie Wedby's prophecies from Behold I Come. I just haven't. In fact, I've it's been the opposite. Things that the Lord had shown me that I confirmed in the parables and the scriptures and, you know, like the use of the word other in Matthew 22, identifying that there are two groups that the great king sends out. Group number one and then the other group. And confirming that the word other is there. It's not assumed by the by the interpreters. Then I knew it was a different group. And then to see that reflected in, you know, maybe six months, eight months, uh, a year later, or whatever, or whatever, you know, it's like, to see, I've known in my heart, See, so you'll have, people will hold up a scripture, they'll hold up a scripture and they'll say, it is appointed to men to die once, then face judgment. So they will assume, incorrectly so, in fact, that they're facing judgment and it's a done deal. They're going to hell or they're going to heaven and that's just the way it is. They have no expanded understanding of anything else. To them, it's black, it's white. The light is on, it's off. And that's where they are. And that's where they're going to stay. I won't. I will never stay there. I don't ever want to stay there. So I'm going to read this to you. This is now, and by the way, this is backed by other testimonies. Now you can take this to the Lord and pray about it all that you want. I highly recommend that. Don't believe a word that I say. This is my testimony. But there was a, and I still have, I don't know if I, it's tricky because so much stuff has been taken down off of YouTube. And a lot of it is Christian. But, um, <clears throat> and it'll disappear, like I'll publish it on Tribulation Now and then on the website. And then um, later I'll notice that I'll go back to find it and it's gone. But it doesn't. It, it's because the channel was canceled, and then I go and hunting. I go start hunting for it again, and I find it. As a matter of fact, we actually, myself and Sister Nancy, had we had tried to line this individual up to come on as a guest on the radio show. Unfortunately, we weren't able to. We were unsuccessful. But this particular testimony 
was a gentleman who was invited to Sid Roth, and that's one of the places that we'll go, myself and Sister Nancy. We'll go to authors of various books, sometimes controversial. We'll go to uh, people that the Lord leads us to. But anyway, this particular testimony was, I think you've got you to really put your, you've got to use your noggin on this one, okay? And then I'm going to back it by another source, okay? So, so, see, that's how God confirms things for me. Now, maybe he doesn't do that for you. I don't know. I, how could I know? I don't know. But the Lord confirms things for me by presenting multiple disparate. The word disparate means they're unconnected. They didn't talk to one another. They didn't publish something on their Facebook page. They're not part of their YouTube group. They're not part of their ministry. They're disparate. There's no connection between them. And when separate sources of godly information combined with the scripture and combined with things that are happening on the earth, when you're able to make a three-way match or even a four-way match in some cases, sometimes more, and you know as a fact that the sources of the information had no connection whatsoever. They lived in a different decade. They lived in a different era. They lived in a different century. The message they're sending is the same. That sends a powerful message. So, this particular gentleman that was on, I'd, I'd love to go ahead and just sit here and click the button and play the, play the testimony for you. I'd love for you to hear it. I really would. But his testimony was that he was an eight-year-old rapist and drug dealer. And he was killed. It was, um, I don't know, some kind of a drug deal gone bad. Can you imagine an eight-year-old and got caught in, I guess, a bullet caught him, and he died. And he went to hell. And he was right, there he was, in hell, burning, probably screaming out in horror. I can only imagine. I don't want to imagine. Well, his mother didn't know. His mother did not know that he was in hell. Now, in accordance with the people out there, the believers out there, quote, that say, well, you know, it's appointed to a man to die once and then face judgment. And then they just close the book. And that's over for them. They're done. There's no more discussion for them. It's like the people that believe the earth is only 6,000 years old. You can't reason with them. If they believe that God told them something, you can't reason with them. There's no presenting additional information to them because God told them. Okay, let them go. Let them go. There's plenty of truly lost people out there that need our prayers. Plenty of truly hurting people out there that need our prayers. His mother did not know that he was dead and in hell. So as she did every single day, she got on her knees before her bed, beside, of her, beside her bed, and she prayed to God that our Heavenly Father would save his soul. 
and God sent an angel down into hell to pull him back up. And he later became a preacher. Now, that's a super short version of a probably an hour-long testimony. Well, that got me thinking. There is no place in the Bible that says that we cannot pray for those who have passed. And there's even some uh, kind of off-the-cuff references in the first in the First Corinthians, where Paul mentions, you know, that you know uh, that you're baptizing that they were baptizing the dead. He never he never rebukes them for it. He rebukes them for a ton of other things, but he never rebukes them for baptizing the dead. He doesn't say, you know, he's very clear about the things that were bad. He, he's very clear. In fact, he goes on to explain that you have to eject such a person, to have, don't even have dinner with such a person that behaves these ways. But he never said a word. He never said anything. He didn't rebuke them over that. Baptizing the dead, what's that all about? You can go ahead and read it. I don't see a single word of rebuke coming from Paul that, you know, now, that's kind of beside the point. I, I mean, it's kind of in alignment with the point. But I'm just, when I read that, I wonder to myself, why didn't Paul rebuke them? How dare you? That's an insult to God. Don't you know that it's appointed a man to die once and then face judgment? Why are you trying to baptize the dead? He never did that. He was liberal with his rebuke against the Church of Corinth. And so much so that he even a kind of like sort of apologized for it in the second leather. He felt a little bad about how hard he was on him. And I find that interesting because that lines up with the testimony of the preacher man, this guy, I wish I, I oh, it's on the tip of my tongue, the name of the guy. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue, praise God. But anyway, um, Curtis something, oh, Curtis something, I can't remember. If Sister Nancy was listening, she could probably tell me. But anyway, um, I think his first name is Curtis. But I, I'm almost positive it is. But anyway, the um, so I heard that testimony. I was like, wow. I mean, really, if if it was as simple as it's appointed to a man to die once and then face judgment, and the kid is already in hell, but the mom doesn't know it. So does that imply that just because his mother was ignorant and had no idea that she gets special privileges from God? I don't think so. Why would that be the case? If, if you get special privileges because you don't know something, then that completely throws the Word of God into it. Just it just might as well run the whole thing through a shredder and <laughs> try to figure it out from there. Start all over again. So to assume that just because she didn't know that she got special preferential treatment would be ridiculous. God answered her prayer anyway and took her son out of hell. What's that? So then, I, you know, these are the things that I've always thought about. These are the things, you know, that the, the, 
I've, I've always asked myself the question, greater things than these will we do? What are those greater things? Now, I know what some of the things that are going to be happening in the future, but I don't think the barley harvest, you know, the, the, the barley harvest, the first fruits are going to be here for that. I believe that the wheat harvest will definitely be here for that. But that's also going to include millions, probably, of the members of the Bride of Jesus Christ that have already been taken home, Isaiah 57, 1 and 2. So then, I'm going to read this to you. Now, what's difficult to convey in this, in what I'm sharing is how it was unfolded to me and my heart. Because I already was of the disposition of the belief that this must be possible, and here's why. So, and you have to understand how disparate it was. I came to the conclusions that I came to. You can say that they were spiritual. Why in 2011 did I write an article entitled Multi-Phased Rescue Mission, talking about the first watch, the second watch, the third watch, the barley harvest, the wheat harvest, the grape harvest. Why did I write that article? Only to be in the 21st century to discover that people were writing books about it, God was revealing it to them in dreams or whatever. We have brought on guests that have confirmed it. What did I know? I didn't know. I just felt it. I wrote about it. The, dis- the disconnect is the connection. The disconnect is the connection. I know that sounds counterintuitive, <laughs> okay? But it is the fact that it is disconnected that makes it so connected. Okay, therein lies the paradox. When you have, when you've read the book, when you've read the Bible, especially with me, and I read the New Testament, I've read it so many times, I can't even, it's like, I, I really feel led to read it again. And I still, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to break it into pieces. I, sometimes I'll just say, I want to read the book of Jude, I want to read First Peter, whatever. But, um, and, but here's the thing. I catch those little things. I see them. They jump out off the page at me, and I'm like, why isn't Paul rebuking them for that? He rebuked them for everything else, pretty much. So then, And then I remember the testimony of Curtis whatever, okay? I um, wonder if it'll pop up here. I doubt it, but I can try it. Um, Curtis, C-U-R-T-I-S, um, C's. I'll try it. Just see if I can find it. Sid Roth. Um, let's see. Oh my gosh, it's it's a hit on the first one. Tippity top of the page. Looks like the Lord wanted you to know about it. Bishop Curtis Earthquake Kelly interview on Sid Roth. 
Curtis Earthquake Kelly interview on Sid Roth. There it is. Very first thing. Tip at the top of the page. Just remember, talk about this to other Christians, and you know what you're going to get? It's appointed to men to die once and then face judgment. Yeah. It's that simple, right? Light is on, light is off. Jesus sinned when he created wine out of the water. He obviously is a sinner. Because after all, oh, oh, no, 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 there wasn't any fermentation of wine back then. Really? The Pharisees accused him of being a wine-biber, but not because he was drinking any wine with anybody, right? See, people just are people. I will never allow myself to do that because I think it robs us of mysteries that reveal options that are presented to us by our Heavenly Father if we can receive it, as Jesus said many times. So, what does the Lord do? So on May the 4th of 2017, your prayers are the most powerful weapons of destruction against the enemy was given to Sister Julie Wedby of Behold I Come. And when I read this, now keep in mind, I had already heard Bishop Curtis Earthquake Kelly's testimony, and I said to myself, wait a minute, Father, are you telling me that just because his mom didn't know that you cut up, you know, wait a minute, that's not possible. doesn't work like that. There's got to be more to the story. I was already dealing with the whole baptizing of the dead thing and saying, what's that all about? And how come Paul didn't tear him up over it? So, you know, so I'm like, because these things will not blow past me. They will not. When I'm reading the Bible, I'm looking at every nuance. I'm looking at not I'm looking at how it is said. The I I pay attention to context, I pay attention to literal literal meaning, I pay attention to inferred meaning, which is oftentimes many times a magnitude more important than the literal meaning. What is inferred by that? What does that mean? What's the hidden meaning? Cuz sometimes that is ten times more important than the literal meaning. It's what it means when the script, when we're asked to meditate upon the scripture. We're supposed to be thinking about it. We're supposed to be dwelling on it. We're supposed to be wondering the things that nobody else wonders. And the last thing we want to do is just follow somebody at a pulpit. Because if you do that, you're just going to get stuck pumping the collection plate. And you're not going to grow. But you know what? I really believe that given where we are right now, in the biblical end times timeline, that it's kind of like a little bit too late, really, for a lot of people. But maybe not for those who are listening to this. Why? Because we're still here. Another thing. I discovered a lot of people... You might be like, prove it. I can't. 
but I did discover this as a fact, that because we're on this earth, under this thick, we can't see it, we can't discern it. We might, some, some people may have special discernment. The, the gift of discernment comes in many different varieties, believe me. Many of which I want nothing to do with personally um, because it comes with it. I don't want to see any devils in the room. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't, I just, I prefer rather not. I'd rather just operate in faith. I don't want to, I don't need to be chased down the road by a reptilian that wants to eat me in order to know that they exist. All right. You know, there's certain things that that can be somebody else's discernment. I, I'll let them handle that. But when you're able to connect from so many different sources, and they, and especially when they come, not only from different sources, but they, it's, then you see it in the Bible, and then you see all this stuff, and you're like, and then you read a book about people, you know, husband and wife, divine healing team, and then it touches on the same subject, and you're like, oh, wait a minute, wow, how can this be? Oh, my gosh, look at all this. These confirmations are coming from every which direction, and it's like, wow, and you're like, it's overwhelming. It's like all of the confirmations that our Heavenly Father has given us on this prayer vigil for how we, when we pray for the lost. Dreams and visions, asking our Heavenly Father to send his angels down into dreams and visions to, to bring war against the principalities and the powers to behave, to pray like a royal priesthood. What does a royal priesthood do? They confess of the sins of the people. They if you go back to the Levitical priesthood, they they bring up burnt you know, they have burnt offerings and such for, for the sins of the people, right? We're a royal priesthood. But we do greater things than these because our king has gone unto the Father. It's all right there. It's right there for us to take, to, to live, to become. But if you're stuck, you're stuck. So one more confirmation. This is why I always pray. I always pray. I'm going to share this with you because I suspect that there are people out there that Hey, maybe you're just wandering around the Internet and you stumble across this program and you're like, wait a minute, I've always felt that way. Well, here is yet another confirmation. I'm reading directly. So this is from May, 20, May 4th of 2017 at 1.11 p.m. Pacific time. Happen to like the 111 personally. On Friday, and I am now quoting, I quote, this is Sister Julie talking, on Friday, April the 28th, I was seeking Yeshua for answers about prayer. A close friend contacted me, telling me his mother had died suddenly, and he didn't know if she was saved. As we all have done at some point in our lives, we question how effectual our prayers are, especially for those who don't know the Lord prior to their passing. 
Now, that word, know the Lord, is loaded. But nevertheless, because the scope of the word, knowing the Lord, is vast. She goes on to say, directly after receiving communion, Father gave me a vision and has led me to share it, as it brings great consolation to all who may question the power of prayer, especially the prayers of the righteous. And by the way, it says in the book of Job, um, he will save even those, oh gosh, I don't have this one memorized very well, because of the cleanness of your hands. It's embedded in you. But anyway, she gets a vision. Then she, right after this, she, gets, she receives a vision and says, quote, I was in Father's courtroom, standing in the back, watching how our Father God sees an unsaved soul and determines his or her eternal destiny. I saw a man, a lost soul, standing directly in front of Father with his head hung very low and his eyes closed. I understood that he instinctively knew that he was guilty as charged and had no defense, as his life of sin was directly before him. Satan, the adversary, was on the left, with many demons to testify the man's guilt, and the saints who had gone before were on the right to present the testimony of all the prayers of the saints that have ever been recorded to intercede for the lost, to intercede for the lost, to intercede for the lost. Although the evidence from the enemy was more than sufficient to convict the man, the prayers of the saints outweighed anything the enemy could prevent or present. Father's love for his people is beyond measure and takes precedent over anything the enemy will ever be able to offer against us. Jesus was on the man's right side, a distance away, observing. He did not speak, but waited to see if the man would invite him into his heart so that he could intercede as the man's advocate, covering the man with his robe of righteousness and his shed blood. Father then allowed me to understand that in his infinite mercy and because of the heart, uh, the hearts of his chosen are one with him, he would allow this man to choose at the last instant his son Jesus, although the man had not previously confessed him as his Lord and Savior. Vision ends. Hmm. And then she... She prophetically speaks and she says, then the father spoke to me and said, I wish my people to know, daughter, tell them there is no greater commandment than to love one another. As one heart in me, you are charged to assist me in saving souls, for I came to seek and save the lost. You are my priests. And it is in your hands to walk in the fullness of all you were purposed for. There is no greater joy for my father than to bring my lost sheep home. I have commanded you to pray for those who are hardened to me. Pray for those in deception and therefore despair. Pray for those the enemy steals, that their spiritual eyes and ears may be open to the relationship I have for them. 
Come before me in holiness and purity daily, confessing your sins, confessing your sins and asking for forgiveness. Your temples, my vessels, must be free of willful sin for me to answer your petitions. Intercede on behalf of all who walk in darkness. For I wish that no one would perish. Do not underestimate the power of your prayers when your hearts are in unity with me. I have given you all power, all authority and dominion over the enemy, and you must exercise your authority. What you lose what you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. What you bind on earth is also bound in my kingdom. Boldly come before me, my throne of grace, and expect great things. Trust in the promises I have given you in my word. Pray without ceasing. Fast and travail with great love and concern for the salvation of all who were created by me. Plead my blood constantly, for in this the victory is already won. Proclaim verbally my truth truths, and Satan will flee. It is time for my church to walk in the fullness of the power and the authority given to her by my life's sacrifice. So as you are seeing the manifestation of evil upon evil on the earth, allow this to be your war cry, and passionately present your petitions to me as each and every utterance, with my love in your heart and my glorification being the motive has great value in my kingdom. I have spoken these words to you previously, and as the dark grows darker, my bride rises higher. Believe. Believe my power in and through you is a weapon of great destruction to the enemy's camp. Very soon you will see the importance of what I am speaking. Yeshua. Praise God. Now, I don't know about you, but you have to understand, well, you don't have to, but when in my world, in my experience, in my walk, this put sprinkles on the cupcake, tied the ribbon on the gift. I'd already heard Bishop Curtis Earthquake Kelly's testimony. We had already talked to try to get him to come on the show. I forget what the holdup was or what the challenge was. I don't remember. But um, it was a long time ago. I had already read, you know, multiple times, the first letter to the Church of Corinth. I, I, I was already asking the question. And then this prof- this prophetic word came out from Sister Julie. There's a multitude of examples of these types of things that I can that just are mind bending. They're mind shatteringly amazing. I just the word "wow" does not do it justice. It truly, truly is okay. Like there's another one here. I share this one with you. These things are so important for us to understand now because we're running out of time, folks. We really are. If you're in search of a one of our one of the more classic 
um, prayer vigils. The one that we did on the last program was much more classic, where we followed the the tradition, the more traditional uh, flow, which I've done many of those. And then sometimes I just feel led to share other things. But I want to share this one because, and I know I have before, but I want to share it now because I just gave the testimony about Earthquake Kelly. Earthquake Kelly's testimony popped up at the very tippity top. Matter of fact, I could take a picture of this, but I can't show it to you. I wish I could. You would be, I'm sitting here like, no way. No way. But right there it is, tippity top. 47 minutes, 42 seconds long. Earthquake Kelly. Amazing. What are the odds? What are the odds that I'd even remember his name was Curtis, his first name was Curtis? After all these years. That goes all the way back to 2013, folks. Here's another one. Sister Julie Wedby, Behold I Come. You know, a less spiritual individual would say, and the and this has been said tongue in cheek by people who help me with the ministry. They would say things complete. It was meant completely as a joke. I mean, not as a joke, but you know, like ha ha, giggle giggle, you know, kind of thing. But they would say, you know, I've had people say to me before when they would see them, they would say. What, is she like a closet listener of every radio show you've ever done, or what? Of course, they didn't really mean that. There's no possible way. It would, it would be absolutely unthinkable. There's no way. There's no way. But it would seem so. It would seem so. Thursday, April 20th of 2023, this one came out. April 9th, 2023. Sister Julie says, I was in prayer and crying out to Jesus, Yeshua. She loves she loves to call him Yeshua. And she just, you know, she, she has a particular way that she likes to spell it. And who, you know what? Do you think Jesus really cares? Come on. As a matter of fact, if you've done any deep dive study, when the name of Jesus is spelled like a hundred different ways across the world. Okay, depends on what native tongue you come from. Anyway, I won't get into that, but I, 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 can, I can prove it by reading testimonies from people in Namibia and different parts of Africa, you know, but whatever. All right, so anyway, she goes, she says, I was crying out to Yeshua, and like each day asking him, when? Question mark, question mark, question mark. How much longer will evil be permitted to continue like this before he transforms his remnant? Then a scene in the spirit opened to me, and I saw a magnificently decorated wedding scene with colors and flowers that cannot be described in earthly terms. You think Tom Horn's there? Yeah, I think he just might very well be. And I'm super bummed I'm not standing right by him. 
And it says, I saw many, many souls, along with angels, busily continuing to prepare things. And a huge table was set up with the finest tableware. Joshua pointed to the seats and told me each one was specifically held for one of us, his bride. And our names were there at the place settings. He was smiling as he showed me the arrangements of the decorations and asked if I thought it was beautiful. He spoke these words below and ended with the most warm and encouraging words we would want to hear. Oh, my daughter, my bride, there is such joyous celebration in my kingdom as the feast preparations are being completed. Many who have gone before you are rejoicing continuously as they are eager to meet you as you arrive. The final touches are being made, and you have so much to look forward to. There will be dancing, there will be singing, and great rejoicing as you come together at this spectacular appointed time. You cannot imagine the detail and the intricacy that has gone into every aspect of the preparations and decorations for you because of my love for you. The beauty of what I have made for you will astound you. Nothing here on earth can compare to the brilliance and magnificence of my rewards for your obedience. Look up. Do not be discouraged. All is in place now and readied for that great day. Oh, what is that I hear? Wedding bells? Yeshua. That was on April 9th of 2023. This came out on April 16th, but she felt led to compare to keep them together in one word. The second word is yet another fulfillment. Like I said, in 2011, I wrote an article entitled Multi-Phased Rescue Mission. Was it because I was like, you know, some kind of, no, I don't know. I, I don't know, and I won't make a claim to anything. But I did write it. And I've found scriptural confirmation since. Because your eyes have to be open first. And then you start to see. Then it starts to build. The word was, Quote, my beloved, the darkest part of the night approaches quickly. I am the only shelter in the midst of the storm. For those who did not know me, this will be a darkness like no other, a palpable darkness. But for you, my faithful ones, the darkest part of the night means the morning the morning star will arise, and you will be shown the rewards of your obedience. With judgment now comes deliverance for my faithful ones. Meditate on this. As you reflect on past relationships, situations, 
and challenges. You see how I have shaken and shifted, refined and molded along the journey, along the way. Opportunities for choices to follow me have always been available for my creation. And now comes the time for those who made the choice for righteousness to enter into their reward. Many others will still have a very short time of opportunity to choose me. But the experience will be a much more difficult one. This has been foretold. This is very important. The next sentence. Listen close. After my first fruits, many with the hardest of hearts will finally be set free as the larger harvest is brought in. So to say this another way, after the barley harvest, many of the people with the hardest hearts will be brought in during the final harvest. This aligns very supernaturally to the first watch and the second watch and the third watch in Luke 12. 35, 36, and 37. The barley harvest, the wheat harvest, and sadly for those who are part of the tribulation saints who will suffer the most, who will ultimately become priests in the throne room of God. But here we have a clear delineation after my first fruits, after my barley harvest. Many with the hardest hearts will be finally set free as the larger final harvest is brought in. You say, when? When, Lord, will you come? When will you deliver us from the darkness? Watch and see now, my children. Watch and see what I do. Stay alert. Be ready. In every moment, carefully discern all things as the enemy roams the earth, seeking to kill and destroy as never before. My insulated wall of fire will protect you. Hmm. wonder who told her to say that. And my angelic guards surround you always. Hmm. Fascinating. Be sober and vigilant. Vigilant. Yeah, vigilant. Vigilant. <laughs> Be sober and vigilant. All is about to change. Never fear. Do not despair. For your king is here, and I go before you. That is just another example. These are mysteries that are being revealed 
I don't, you know, I don't know how come. I don't know why. I All I can say is when I read them, I, you know, like the part where it says, after my first fruits, many with the hardest of hearts will be set free as the larger harvest is brought in. That aligns to Matthew 22 perfectly. That aligns to the first watch, second watch, third watch perfectly. That aligns to the barley harvest, the wheat harvest, the great harvest perfectly. That aligns to the multi-phased rescue mission perfectly. No wonder people have, you know, jokingly, you know, quipped and said, are you sure she's not a closet listener to every one of your shows? No, I'm positive that she isn't. Okay, which makes it all the more amazing. So the people that I've lost in my life, I pray for them. I don't sit there and go, well, it's appointed to a man to die once and face judgment. I don't think things are that black and white. And sadly, a lot of the same people that say that are 6,000-year-old earth people, and they believe that Jesus committed a sin, or, or that wine didn't ferment back then, or, or they don't understand, you know, when it says in the book of, uh, you know, Timothy and Titus, you know, it says when you appoint a bishop, you know, it, it should someone who is not, uh, um, what is it, the terminology that they use is not uh, drawn to much wine, or it says things like that. Well, why would that be? Because you don't want a drunk bishop walking around. <laughs> you know? It's not Friar Tuck or whatever from some Robin Hood Joe. It's talking about assigning deacons and assigning bishops, respectable men. It doesn't say that they can't have any wine. It says they're not to be drawn to much wine. But people don't read those things. Uh, somehow it just blows right past them. And that's okay. It's all right. I um, I was having a conversation earlier today, briefly. West, like I said, West Coast Walter, Brother Jeremy, has been really on top of some stuff lately. And, um, and I'm buried under work. It's just, you know, just the phase that I'm going through right now. Praise God. And... Um, I don't know, I asked him something about artificial intelligence, and he's like, he's like, uh, I don't know, I just think that stuff is evil. And um, I said, well, there's a lot of things on Earth that can be either good or evil. And um, not that I was into, you know, I, I don't really care about artificial intelligence. It's the furthest thing from my mind. But I was just making the point that there are a lot of things on the earth that can be either good or evil. And then I real, and then it was like, I said, I'll give you an example. One word, wine. <laughs> there you go, one word. All right. Can be either. Praise God. So, I know one, two, three, four, four people that have died in the last three or so years. And I lift them up to the Father all the time. I do not believe that Earthquake Kelly's mother got special treatment. 
And I believe that when Sister Julie got that vision, that she got that vision. I believe that the prayers of the saints are extremely powerful. I believe the Word of God and what it says. But I do not believe in making earthly, fleshy, human assumptions that are closed-minded. Do not believe that. You think God's going to punish you because you prayed for your father who has passed away? Oh, well, he's obviously lost to the devil now. There's no point in doing praying. Is that what you think? Then tell Earthquake Kelly's mother that. Go find her and tell her. You shouldn't have prayed for your son. These are the kinds of things that I praise Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, that the Lord places heavily upon my heart. Because if I made it to heaven and found out that I could have, you know, I have every reason, I believe with all of my heart that the people that I am praying for, now I pray for a lot of people, folks. It takes a lot of time. And it's hard. I have to sit and sometimes look at lists over and over again to try to remember all of the names. Because I don't want to stop when I'm on my knees Oh, yes, my recently operated knee. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And I can still feel the pain from the cartilage, but that's okay. I don't care. I'm going to be on. I'm going to be on my knees. And I don't want to, I don't want to be like picking up my phone and looking at lists while I'm praying. While I'm in the secret place of the Most High. which is where I just want to stay all day long. I believe. I believe that the Word of God, when it promises, we may not see with our eyes while we are here on this earth. We may not see the manifestation of all that which we pray for now. But I believe that we will in heaven. As my Bible says, I don't know about yours, Isaiah 43, 25, I, remember that I and the Father are in one, Jesus said in, in John 10, 30, I and the Father are one. Therefore, now let's uh, let me ask you a question. In Isaiah forty three twenty five, is I and the Father are one. Was it applicable in Isaiah forty three twenty five, or not? Did Jesus only appear in all of creation? As a baby, born of Mary, or has he been here as a begotten of the Father since before there was time? Hmm? Then is the Father and Jesus one, even in the Old Testament? Isaiah forty-three twenty-five. Arguably one of the most amazing scriptures in the entire Bible. I 
Even I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. Keep me in remembrance and let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. And then it goes on to say in that it says your mediator, your mediators have sinned, uh, you know. But that the last part of it isn't applicable anymore because our mediator is Jesus. But the first part is directly applicable to our walk today. Our Father wants us to contend. It was His perfect will, the rules of the universe, the rules that were established before there was an earth, before there was a Milky Way galaxy, before all of this stuff was brought into creation, brought into the reality that we are experiencing today, even though we're in a type of a hologram. Let us contend together, our Father says. When we seek Him, when we confess of our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So we can contend we can work together through our prayers and the power of our prayers through Christ, Jesus, the Word. How much of a limit do you want to put on God? I, for one, will never limit our Father. Praise His name. And with the time we have left, let us take communion and also let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb of God, we decree that any entity of the darkness, worker of Satan, live or dead human spirit, member of a witch coven, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior, that at the moment that they set their wills against us, that they shall be immediately burned, struck by the holy fire of God in the name of Jesus Christ, and burnt into screaming agony, made a public spectacle thereof, in accordance with Colossians 2.15, across all of the demonic ether, an example. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that the holy fire and a thorny hedge of protection will swirl around us, that the whirlwind of the Holy Spirit will blow it white hot in the name of Jesus Christ, and it will be extensible and expand outward and burn the demons of darkness and scatter them in all, all, all directions, Father God, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. We thank you, Father, and we pray for a warrior angels, powerful, mighty, scary warrior angels to stand guard in the name of Jesus at our dwelling places. 
Father, we pray also for a platoon of warrior angels to be assigned to us to ferret out all attempts to come against us indirect, Father God, to shut down all demonic portals, to wipe out and completely cancel all demonic contracts, all demonic assignments. We declare the fire of God to vaporize all earthly and spiritual weapons in the name of Jesus Christ, to vaporize all fiery darts, and to punish the demons of darkness that were behind them. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. We declare that fire to open up uh, an open heaven, Father God, to wrap itself around all of our praise, all of our prayers, Father, and to follow us all throughout this next week. We declare that holy fire, Father God, to remain our weapon of choice, as it is for those who are part of the two witnesses in the days that we have ahead. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for the greatest, most powerful weapon against the darkness ever conceived. We give you all the glory. For unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, Thank you, Jesus. The Lord's Supper, Holy Communion. I give to that, to you, that which was given to me, that on the same night in which I was betrayed, I took bread. This is how I talk to myself every morning, focusing my heart and my my very, everything that is within me. I see Jesus talking to me. On the day in which I was betrayed, I took bread. I broke it, gave thanks and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in that same manner, I took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it. of me for as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup you proclaim my death until I come Ani Lododi Lododi Li I am my beloved and my beloved is mine Don't limit God. Praise his name. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our might. Sinners set the mercy of grace, redeemed we are by your embrace. 
praise His holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set her free Write our names in your book of life We are cleansed through your holy sacrifice As we lift your name on high Renew our mind, renew our soul Remove the scars from our past And deem us righteous We rebuke all deceptive lies When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure We are the branches on a living tree. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. Until you come back for your bride to set her free. Watch us as we trim our wicks Our lamps are full Our hearts are right Like those five wise virgins we will be Your bride awaits thee patiently Longing for that blessed sound Churches gather, we're praying that we're worthy, Lord, to join our family. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? We will endure, and while we wait, we will bring forth the fruit of the light of Christ. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set it free